Hey, I'm Harsh and you're listening to It's That Easy, brought to you by Zed Medium. This podcast is going to be your guide to startups and a hub for discussion of new ideas. 30 minutes of pure conversations with startup founders delivered to you as it was intended. Yep, that's about it for now. Let's begin. Yeah, so first of all, uh, thanks so much for taking out the time to do this. Yeah, of course, no problem, man. I mean... My whole idea of doing podcasts, you know, and I've done already a couple of them, but my whole mm. idea behind doing this is that I definitely want to spread the knowledge. I definitely want a lot more designers and people to know about what it's like uh, on the other side and, you know, how mm. the thought process works. So, like, mm. I'm all in for something like this. Okay, great. So, let's begin with your name and what is it that you do? Awesome. Okay. So, hi, I'm Bishti Desai and I am the CEO and founder and design director at Pineapple uh, Design. Um, it's actually only Pineapple, mm-hmm. but a lot of times we have to explain it like Pineapple Agency, Pineapple Design. So, that's what I do and we're a UX UI design studio. So, I sort of lead the studio. Okay. And how did you think of the name Pineapple? Where did that come from? Yeah, so there are like uh, a lot of different meanings to pineapple. Hmm. Uh, the idea was that when I started the studio, I you know wanted to very quickly come up with a name uh, that works because you know I really believe in this whole theory of like if you're gonna fail, you're gonna fail fast. <laughs> Don't uh, try to overthink everything because you're still you know setting up your business. You're still getting out there in the world and you don't know how successful it will be. So, mm. um, you know, for me, considering the name <clears throat> was not very high on my priority list compared to what I wanted to specialize in and talk about mm. and like, you know, kind of release into the market. But um, in the high, in, in hindsight, the name Pineapple turned out to be really beautiful for us because um, it has a very deep meaning to it. Mm. So imagine like the pineapple fruit that is there, all right? Mm. Now in the pineapple fruit, you have the inner piece of the pineapple, which is the core of the pineapple that you can't Mm. eat at all. So that core is the product of various founders and companies that are there, which you cannot touch, cannot feel, cannot eat, cannot do anything. Mm. Then you have the meat that comes around the pineapple, the fruit, which Mm. is sweet and really tasty. And the reason why you would pick pineapple to eat. So um, that basically represents the UX of products that we design. So that mm. is the sweet experiences that you have, the the thing that you remember it by, the functionality of the product, all of mm. those pieces come into the meat of the pineapple. And the skin of the pineapple is how it looks. Like it's so weird and funky and pokey and like, you know, it's like it's so different from all the other fruits that are there. So mm. that sort of represents the UI, which is the design of uh, user you know interface that comes in. And mm. it's always beautiful and it looks great, but without the fruit without the functionality of the ux of it the core of the product it all of it doesn't make sense it needs to be all together and that's what the meaning of pineapple is this is really really well thought out when you thought of pineapple was this like in your head or is it just now that you've started making sense out of it so when i when i thought of pineapple i definitely wanted to go with a fruit name because i always huh. Felt like companies with a fruit name tend to be easy to remember and you know mm. easy to play with and everybody knows the spelling of it also so you're not struggling to find it or you know yeah. research on it mm. uh, but then within a month of releasing the name and getting the company you know registered everything like that um, Rowan who's also my co-founder actually sat with me and went like you know like there is so much more depth to the word pineapple and let's mm. like try to figure out a deeper meaning into it. Like we know that the that everybody really loves the word pineapple, mm. but let's like kind of create a really deep meaning around it. And uh, it didn't take us a really long time. Like it took us like, I don't know, like 
30 minutes to like ideating, get mm. in the place and be like, oh, this makes amazing sense. Let's mm. do this. This is what we want the company to represent also. And mm. that's how like we, you know, eventually got the name to mean something much more deeper than just a fruit. That's really nice. And uh, before this, what were you doing exactly? Were you in the design space before this as well? And when did you think, and if you were, if you were, when did you think that you need to start something of your own, which is pineapple today? So I've done a lot of stuff before yeah. Pineapple. Like mm-hmm. I started working at the age of 16. I always wanted to like get into the field and work and do like make money basically because mm-hmm. I don't come up from a very well, well of background that is there. Mm-hmm. So my mom, I have a single parent and my mom runs the whole house and mm-hmm. my mom just like needs a lot of support in terms of, you know, from a financial perspective. So I was like, listen, let's mm-hmm. start with eliminating pocket money altogether. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I started uh, as a teacher when I was 16. I taught like like, um, you know, junior KG kids and like mm. play school kids also. Mm. And uh, I did that for a year with college. And then after I, left, after I finished that and then I mm. went and I did a child psychology course also because of which I went into teaching. Mm. Um, and then after that, I was an event manager for a bit. I did an event management course. Went like, okay, events is something fun. Let's do that. Mm. So I did that for a while. Mm. That actually taught me organization and delivery and what people mm. feel and think and, you know, how it mm. works. So... I did that, but I didn't feel like that was the right fit for me again. So mm. then after that, I went into travel writing. So I worked for CN Traveler for as an intern for like a month. <laughs> no, sorry, for two months. Mm. And at the same time, um, there was this company called Credit Vidya. Mm. Uh, they uh, were basically coming up with an application for, okay. um, you know, uh, credit score and, mm. um, you know, for the financial market and for small mm. ticket loans, etc. Mm. So they wanted to hire me as a writer. And that time I had gotten very deep into writing. Like I was a freelancer for thatscoop.com at that mm. point and, you know, along with seeing Traveler everything. So mm. my day job was the internship and my night job was freelancing as a writer for the app. And that's the first time, like, I actually, like, you know, dealt with an application. This is something that I'm talking about that was, like, about seven years ago. So... Mm-hmm. seven eight years ago like I'm losing mm-hmm. count now but yeah mm-hmm. and at that point of time like apps were just the hype like you know more and more people were coming up with applications personalized mm-hmm. for different customers etc so I was like okay this is interesting and then we, I started doing writing for that and then I realized that um, you know I, I enjoy writing but I think there might be a little bit more to it than you know what just writing that exists mm-hmm. and that's when the company really liked the work that I did and hired me and went like hey, do you want to learn UX, UI design? And I was like, what's UX, UI design? And then, mm-hmm. you know, they kind of exposed me to this whole world about UX, UI design. And uh, that's where I learned and picked up a lot of stuff on that. And then mm-hmm. like five years, I worked with that company, was a creative director there, um, built my small team there. And then I realized that, okay, I want to do a little bit more than finance. So that's when I joined another top design studio. Like I, at that point in time, I was also collaborating with another mm-hmm. good design studio. Mm-hmm. But then this officially, I joined a top design studio in India at that time about like five years back and um, I worked with them for a bit and then I realized that listen no there is something bigger than just UX UI design like Mm. I really dived very deep into product design per se and um, in product design I felt like not only just the delivery of design was important but also the way product managers ideate think build their Mm. strategy know the approaches build the Mm. versions so I felt like I wanted to inculcate that in design very deeply and that's where I left that company and I started pineapple and I and I decided that I'm only going to concentrate on product design as a new studio that comes up in the country 
and okay. yeah that's how pineapple started <laughs> okay so getting a little deeper into pineapple what all services do you offer as of now okay so pineapple is basically a holistic digital product design agency hmm. we offer like we want to offer end to end every single solution towards hmm. product design so that hmm. goes starts from uxr to ux design to ui illustrations interaction design front end dev 3d ux writing every possible thing that we can get into in terms of design because hmm. the thing is that at the moment a lot of places things are a lot of broken up like some people hmm. do only ux ui some people only do uxr hmm. some people only do 3d design but hmm. we want we kind of put everything in one place because we realize that while we are designing various products websites hmm. dashboard apps um it needs a holistic experience around it otherwise yeah. it's a struggle to come up with this one single design hmm. that makes sense for the consumers Hmm. to use it and you know enjoy hmm. it really hmm. so that's what like pineapple does and then we cover everything possible tomorrow something new will come also huh. we will try to get that into the studio okay so in in terms of the branding say for instance a brand comes to you right the website bit i'm hmm. assuming you all are experts at because a website gives you a lot of flexibility you can do whatever you want to but in terms of social yeah. media platforms and its designing every platform is very different now and uh, user retention per se like the retention rate of a consumer is really less so in terms of design what is your thought on these different platforms how do you go about working for them yeah so majorly pineapple uses linkedin and instagram as their major platform we used hmm. to use dribble a lot before like hmm. dribble behance is a main main area for a lot of designers hmm. but that's um, something that we're sort of reducing a little bit on because of the kind of output dribble and you know behance gives so hmm. each platform the way we consider it is supposed to be treated like different audiences different hmm. patience levels of those hmm. audiences also like if people are coming on instagram they are not that patient to read a longer bio or to read like 10 different slides that exist but let's say that you put that on linkedin linkedin would there is more retention in linkedin when you're explaining more things in depth when you're putting your case studies across when you're explaining a lot hmm. more so hmm. someone's patience attention attention is higher on linkedin compared to an instagram or compared to you know like on a dribble or a behance everywhere it changes and the impact of the kind of designs also you put put across on different platforms also varies right yeah. um your impact on linkedin would be more educational more awareness related your mm. impact on instagram would be more fun enjoyable easy bits that you can consume yeah. cookie mm. reels stuff mm. like that so um you know it's it each platform obviously is different mm. and the most funny thing that i've observed from a psychological perspective on like all of these platforms mm. is It's very funny how you can switch off your mind when you're on Instagram. Let's say you're, you know, you're working, okay, you're hmm. in your office, and hmm. um, you know, one hour. Let's say that you're doing some explorations on different platforms. Yeah. Your mind can switch so quickly when you go on Instagram. You go like, okay, short content, short bits, quick things, fun things, entertainment, right? Hmm. You go on LinkedIn, and you actually suddenly pay a lot more attention to it, read up on it, write it down, may probably make notes, everything, yeah. and you can do that within that one hour. Your mind hmm. can literally switch based on the name of the platform. Yeah. So that is a very good thing that you can really play on when you're designing for these platforms hmm. because that validation part that you want from each platform will vary based on that psyche hmm. so that is something that i think you know a uh, lot of lot of us need to pay attention to when we're dabbling hmm. with various social media hmm. platforms 
so the part that you spoke about right the whole part where you differentiated between platforms now you have been working for a long time and you have been working with various clients so you know how it works yeah. right you have the knowledge but a lot of times clients may have some unrealistic expectations that they want like instant results or they don't get the dynamics of these platforms so i want to know like have you had any funny experiences with a client per se where their expectations have been something else altogether and it's just gone haywire <laughs> yeah um yeah i've experienced a lot like in my 10 years of designing like i think the one thing that i've really learned is to mm. be very patient and mm. to absolutely love feedback mm. uh but a funny experience that i had was that um so we slightly got into branding like we were into branding for a little bit and mm. uh, we were basically uh you know our major thing is coming up with a product design or website design that was there for that client that was i can't mm. mention the client name etc but mm. i'm just going to give you overall details mm. so it was a finance company and we mm. all know how typical mm. it is to to talk about design with to a finance company so it was mm. a finance company mm. and uh, we were all set to build their design, their entire uh, website and mm. everything along with it all of it mm. and then uh, you know we had a meeting with um, and the ceo there and hmm. he went like uh, so uh, you know we also need a logo in our website and hmm. uh, do you guys do branding and we're like yeah we do branding and he's hmm. like okay great so you know let's involve that in the scope of work also that is there that you guys hmm. will take up a branding uh, project and you will do my logo for me for the website hmm. so we are like okay so he's like how many days do you think it's going to take so we said that it will take roughly 3 and a half weeks for a basic uh, logo creation and you know delivery hmm. that happens even like 3 and a half weeks लोगो मार्क So that was a very funny experience that sometimes you know clients give us hmm. their deadlines and they're just like absolutely difficult and unrealistic to you know achieve as well as hmm. to explain hmm. because I mean how will someone understand right like from yeah. that industry ke why is it going to take three and a half weeks to make this tiny one logo huh. for myself hmm. that was the very funny experience no and also what I what I feel happens is that ultimately there's a lot of back and forth. should be done in such situations because communication yeah. is key like you are essentially bringing their vision to life right like yeah. i think that's exactly. that's why it's very important and that that actually brings me to my next question wherein uh, has it ever happened where you've actually taken all the time in the world to do something according mm-hmm. to them catered you know to their every need and once it's done they're like yo this is not what i wanted and you have to go all the way back to the drawing board and redo it if if that's happened how do you deal with it like how do you make it a point to not repeat this from your end and their end as well because it's inconvenient mm-hmm. for both the parties right it's not like a pleasant experience so have you had an experience yeah. like that yeah we have so hmm. luckily we've not had like a experience where we've done almost everything and then you know the person has changed their mind hmm. like one of the most important things that every designer should do is phase out their approvals on a milestone basis and hmm. then once that milestone gets tick mark hmm. you go ahead hmm. in it but like if let's say if a client reaches like a phase 3 of a project and says that oh my god i don't like what has been done before hmm. then that is something that 
is not possible to reverse all over again i mean hmm. everything we can design all over again hmm. but obviously that's going to be accounted for basis your changes hmm. how many more uh, rounds do you want to go through hmm. all of that like you have to revise your contract in that case hmm. you can't just blindly keep designing hmm. so one thing that we do is that we are very good at expectation management if it takes us 2 3 4 calls before and any kind of scope is signed we make hmm. sure that the expectation is managed understood hmm. we're honest very clear hmm. talking about our past experience in place everything so the client is on the same page as us second hmm. is that one very important lesson that i've learned is that you need to find the champion of a project every mm-hmm. project has a champion if the champion could either be the founder ceo or if it's a large company then it's a group of stakeholders that mm-hmm. will be the champion of that project mm-hmm. if we understand the champion we understand that convincing the champion is the key in mm. getting the approval done and yeah. also not going back on what we do yeah. and um, the third most important thing is dedicating a right team that is very very important because mm. i think you know um customizing your team to mm. on the basis of the kind of projects that you put them across to is mm. also really important if mm. you see freelance designers have a particular style particular preference of you know uh, clients that they like yeah. to work with and over a period of time they filter that preference down no matter mm. how much money some other client is giving you you will not go over that money for mm. your mental peace of that you know filtration that you've done mm. in an agency perspective you can't do that you have to be more flexible open mm. so we basically design each team basis um, the you know the psyche the behavior also the team member towards that uh, client mm. that we deliver like mm. let's say some people are experts in finance but are also cool minded also okay explaining the same concept four times over and over again mm. compared to someone who is much more faster and much more you know visually related and you know can wants a client that can that we can explain in one or two goes that yeah. happens so we try to take care of these factors also to make the process really nice for the client also mm. and really easy for us also so this so that none of us go crazy in terms mm. of our stress levels mm. through it so these three things are very important like expectation management mm. finding the project champion and mm. fitting the right team to put across on that line mm. so uh, i think also the fact that you're so well versed with everything just goes on to show that you've worked quite a lot on this and also this is not something new right like you have a ton of experience and you've had those ups and downs so what that like it it brings me to thinking wherein when you started pineapple i'm sure you must have had a ton of difficulties right especially given that you mentioned that you started working at 16 and product design is something that you picked up at a job like yeah. at a job you learned this and then things went yeah. on they they worked <laughs> out and then you start pineapple so i want to understand what were the difficulties that you faced in starting this business and what was that one eureka moment when you realized that oh i i think i've made it by i made it as in like it's working out like wow i did it so how was what was that like i think people is the most important thing mm-hmm. when it comes to you know facing difficulties because mm-hmm. when you're an employee okay mm. you have your job your position your everything mm. it's it's definitely stressful i've been mm. an employee i know how that feels like mm. <laughs> sorry no worries but yeah. when you're an employer mm. okay and you have to hire people mm. you suddenly you know look at things from a very different perspective mm. than when you're being hired so mm. one of the biggest difficulties that i found in the beginning was hiring somebody like me mm. which was 
the mistake in itself. Hmm. I think founders tend to do this because they know exactly what they're good at and what they're great at. And then they hmm. realize that they need someone exactly like them because now they can't handle so many things that they're actually good at. Hmm. They try to find another you. Now, hmm. finding another you is a hmm. big, big no-no, I would say. Hmm. Because you, there is nobody like you, right? Hmm. However, there will be people who will fulfill gaps that you yourself have, your weaknesses, hmm. right? And if you hire the people who fill in your gaps, those people will actually help you scale and grow much hmm. faster than you trying to find someone like you because honestly, you will just eliminate so many people from the list trying to do that. Hmm. So that thing really clicked very well for me, really worked very well for me. Where I started looking at each candidate from a perspective that, okay, this person has this kind of trait that I don't have, you know, which will be really, really good in it. And that's what I need to fill in. So imagine that there is one, you know, big circle and you're in the middle. And hmm. then you are trying to add more, 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 more circles in it so that it becomes a complete picture. Yeah. And not duplicating yourself, but adding more people into that picture that actually complete the whole scenario for you. So hmm. that is what I think is really important. And that is a difficulty that we face, which we solved and has worked hmm. very well for us hmm. in terms of, so that solves so many multiple things, right? That solves your hiring thing, your, that solves your expanding option, that solves your scalability. It hmm. also to a particular extent starts making your processes automated, which is yeah. very important for scalability, yeah. right? So these are the core things that at least need to get you from year one to year three. Hmm in this in like these keys help mm. you get there so mm. yeah that's the that's something that we were able to crack mm. and i you've already sort of given the answer to this next question but i still would like to ask you this in case you want to add on to it what would your advice be to new founders people who are just starting out who've just started their businesses and it's maybe working or not working out what would your yeah. say top two advices be to them don't stop upgrading yourself and upskilling yourself. It happens mm. a lot to a lot of us because mm. we have so many years of experience when we start mm. a business is that, you know, what you know since mm. the day you started will only be applicable to you for like the next six to eight months. Mm. After that, you have to upskill, uh, mm. especially in the design industry. It changes mm. a lot really mm. fast. Right, like the trends are like MMs <laughs> basically. Mm. So, um, you have to keep yourself updated, you can't be mm. reluctant. Like, for example, now the trend is AI, right? Mm. Uh, since the past few months, mm. and everyone's talking about it, and a lot of new softwares are coming. Mm. You know, if you're reluctant to, to working cohesively with mm. an AI tool, then mm. you will start becoming outdated after a while because mm. everyone is going to converse about it, mm. right? But because you're so busy as a founder, you're mm. managing 10 million things, you're doing three different jobs in one person, mm. you don't have the time to upskill yourself. So mm. it's very important that, you know, as a new founder, whatever information you have will last you for a while, but mm. you have to keep upgrading, keep upgrading mm. yourself, upskilling yourself. And that's what's going to help you really get to where you want to get to and mm. it will also help you filter out your role mm. like you know pineapple as a design studio is just like any other design studio if you look mm. at it like from an outsider perspective everyone mm. would be like yeah it's another ux ui design agency mm. there mm. are 20 other out there mm. right what mm. makes you so different mm. that knowledge makes you different mm. when you get on the call and you have information and you're updated about every place industry mm. you know things thought processes that will distinguish you a lot more from other people, which also when founders need to do when they're finding new clients. Hmm. So this is my advice to all new founders, at least in the design industry. 
I ask this question to every founder who comes on the podcast, right? And yeah. this is probably the best and the most comprehensive answer I've gotten. Like this is the one which I feel that will actually be helpful to people because usually the <laughs> answers that I get are like the most uh, yeah, like don't give up. It gets better. Tomorrow oh, yeah. is a new day. <laughs> so I think this is this is the one that actually makes sense and it has actual solution. So thank you for that. This is exactly what I was talking about. Why I love to do podcasts, right? Because mm. whenever I skim through different podcasts, it's the same mm. generic answer I keep getting again and again. Yeah. And we are people who want to learn when we listen to a podcast. We want to grow. Mm. We're, we're mm. actually making a decision to to upgrade. One exactly. Way or the other. That's that's the whole intention. Okay, you want to and learn how something do you do new. It? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. you know, it's very important for all of us to give the real experiences and real life answers to everyone to boost them up. Hmm. So thank, thank you so much for that. It's actually a really good answer. Thank and <laughs> that that brings me to the very last question, which is what is your vision for pineapple? Say five years from now, say 10 years from now, where do you see it? Um, I see it as a top design agency in India and mm. I don't mean it like the typical way we're like best banna America, number uh, one. <laughs> uh, uh, the idea is that when I say top design agency mm. in terms of quality and not quantity, like our aim is never going to be being 500 people, 600 people, 700 people, because mm. that's where the quality when it comes to design starts falling. Mm. So we want to be like a premium studio that, that maintains the quality and enriches people's lives and mm. really you know, brings this new human factor into hmm. every kind of conversation that we had. Like all designers tend to design for the consumers that are there, hmm. but there's also enterprise design. There is also designing for your clients who are hmm. equally like your own consumer, hmm. right? So um, we want to, you know, start create like obviously be recognized for brilliant collaboration processes between hmm. clients and their consumers, be- being able to be a brilliant design studio that able to gi- give clients that visibility that this is how your consumers are feeling and thinking hmm. and your business needs needs to really take a balance between what they want and what you want to deliver to hmm. them. And, you know, it's, it is a, it is a struggle trying to get there because you have to explain so many people this again and again and do it in a very patient, gentle, hmm. knowledgeable way. Hmm. So I feel like if we become a top design studio and that is able to create standards like this, hmm. then many other design studios in the country will be able to, you know, actually express themselves and be the way they want to be in terms of their processes, their conversations, hmm. their everything. So hmm. far, industry may we just know ki. They have A, B, C, D, E, F, G, F brands, you know, it's all Hmm. about the brand names that are there. Hmm. Oh, you worked with this brand. But what actually goes behind it? How much of your actual skill set do you sacrifice to get that through? How Hmm. do you really, you know, cater to the market and create impact? That Hmm. is very important. So I think that in the next five years or in less than that, we Hmm. foresee ourselves to be that standard for this country first. And then globally. <laughs> okay, that's that's really nice. And that does bring me to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for coming on board. I actually really enjoyed. And as I mentioned prior, this was one of the most knowledgeable ones I've had so far. And I really enjoyed like I'm, I'm just going to my question list. Right. Yes. And you've answered everything like really well. So I'm really glad that we did this. Thank you so oh, much. I'm so glad, Harsh. Of course, thank you for inviting me on your podcast. And, you know, I hope like many people, you know, actually get inspired by this uh, chapter that you're going to be releasing and it turns out to be really amazing for you. If you like that, what's stopping you from sharing? We're at Z Medium on all social media platforms. 
don't forget to tag us until then take care and see you next time